Hello everyone, I'm your host Roman Garcia from Nerd Support and welcome to the Creating a Culture of Innovation podcast. We're here to highlight up and coming and growing businesses that want to show off their culture and what makes them stand out with technology. Our goal is to educate our audience about having a strong IT and cybersecurity infrastructure and showing how other businesses are leveraging technology in order to succeed. Nerd Support is an award-winning managed service provider that's been helping businesses in the U.S. and around the world with managed IT, consulting, and cloud solutions for almost 20 years. If you found what we talked about in today's episode valuable and are looking to advance your business's technology strategy, we can offer you a free IT consultation where we examine your technology, cybersecurity, and compliance so we can take care of your IT and you can focus on the growth of your business. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, you can apply at cacoi.nerdsupport.com slash podcast. And to learn how Nerd Support can help you succeed with technology, visit us at nerdsupport.com. All right, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Creating a Culture of Innovation podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Roman Garcia, and today I'm joined by another business leader, special guest who's cultivating a culture of innovation within his business, Blake Oliver. Blake is the founder and owner of Earmark, whose goal is to make it easy and fun for CPAs to learn and earn CPE or continuing professional education every week by listening to podcasts. So first of all, thanks for coming on, Blake, and welcome to the show, and how are you doing today? Hey, Roman, I am doing great. It is a Wednesday. We're halfway through the week. Great to be with you. Great. It's my remote day personally, so I'm kind of a chill day for me. Great to have All you, right. Blake. Yeah. I'm always remote. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. I moved here from LA uh, during pandemic times, and so I'm here in my home office. Uh, yeah, this, this, this is my full-time office right here. Yeah, just get to like roll, I get to roll out of bed at like 8.45, like, <laughs> hit power button on my computer and I'm right there. Oh yeah. I could never go back. You know, I hear about accounting firms bringing their staff back and I, I know why they do it, but personally mm -hmm. I would never be able to work at a firm where I have to go to the office. I save so much time every day. I'm so much more productive because I'm not doing the hour long commute each direction that I used to do in LA. Yeah. And even down here, I don't know if I mentioned that we're in South Florida that, yeah, we have our own, we have our own side of traffic and people flooding the, floating the state over here so oh yeah well it's because you guys don't you only have like uh one highway going up and down the coast yeah right? you know, i i used to live in delray beach so i'm, I'm well aware of that oh really all right that's yeah. cool all right so great to have as i said great to have you blake now we're also fans of your own podcast the cloud accounting a cloud accounting podcast here on the show even before the whole remote work boom and i'm sure you got a huge boom in the past couple of years from that as well so i'm excited to hear all about it so yeah yeah, thanks. So Blake, to start off, tell me and the audience a little bit about your business's mission statement. How exactly does Earmark work and what do you do for businesses around you to help them succeed? So it all came out of my own podcast. Like you said, I host the Cloud Accounting Podcast, which in four or five years has grown to become the number one podcast for accountants and bookkeepers in the world, Congrats. ranked on the Apple charts. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I would I would encourage anyone, by the way, who who is interested in podcasting, to uh, do at least a hundred episodes before you pass judgment, because for the first year or two, uh, we had a very small audience, and then it just sort of took off. Uh, we we jumped onto PPP coverage a lot when that was happening. We're really into doing breaking news, and that that bumped us up 
Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we have this audience of accountants and bookkeepers, CPAs who listen to us every week. We do a weekly show. And the reason I started Earmark is because some people in our audience were joking and said, hey, I learned so much from your show. Why can't I get CPE for listening? And that planted the idea in my head. And a couple of years later, that's when I started building the app Earmark, which is what lets you actually get CPE for listening to podcasts. And in the US, nobody had ever done this before. Uh, So I I hired a developer on Upwork. We started designing the app. It took us about a year to build the app and to get the approval to do it from NASBA, which is the organization that licenses CPE providers. Uh And then we launched it about a year ago in December. So uh, we've been up and going for, I guess, you know, 15 months now. And it's been awesome. We've got six, 7,000 people at this moment uh, in March of 2023 who have signed up for the app. We've got several hundred folks who have supported the app by subscribing to our unlimited subscription. Uh, and it's great because you can you can use it completely for free for your favorite podcast. So if you listen to my podcast, you can get CPE for listening every week. The goal is just to make it super easy. I I can't sit in a in a seminar and get four or eight hours of CPE in a day. Like I just I can't do it. It's, nobody right. in our generation wants to do that. Uh, so this is you know this is making it convenient. That's the idea. Yeah, I'm honestly yeah. right there with you that podcasting has become such a part of just like work culture in general that I'll just be like on, on the side here, like typing up documents or whatever. But that I have something I'm listening to on the side. So like kind of like combining that because mm-hmm. like you said, no one really has time for like some of those uh, webinars if they're just like if they're just like talking, not re- if they're not really providing anything else. Of I mean, of course, education is important, but you know, time is money. So oh yeah. You know, and, and you can listen to a podcast while you're doing chores, while you're driving your exactly. car. We have people who listen while they're commuting to work and get CPE. People who go to the nail salon. Laurelyn Wilson was at the nail salon and tweeted that she was getting CPE. She's a CPA yeah. uh, for listening to podcasts. Um, hiking. I go hiking out here in Arizona a lot, as much as mm-hmm. I can, and I'll get my CPE that way. So, yeah, it's, it's just it's all about being more efficient with our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, multitasking so that we're not sitting in front of our computers all day long, which is really unhealthy. And mm-hmm. so it's about, you know, not just being more efficient, but it's about just living a healthier life, in my opinion. Right. And is there any kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if this is obvious, but is there any type of like assessment or things that you have to go to afterwards? So it's not just like people like spamming, listening to podcasts. Yeah, there is. So mm-hmm. to, to get approved by NASBA, we had to build in the learning checks. And okay. for, for us, it's you listen to the podcast and then you go on the app and you take a quiz. So you have to pass a five question quiz to get your CPE. If okay. you listen to the episode, it should be easy enough to take the quiz. Funny thing about the rules is that you can take the quiz as many times as you want. So oh. basically, you know, you don't have to worry about failing. You just take it again if you missed a question and, and it takes about five minutes. So you know, CPE and five minutes on your phone is pretty compelling. Right. I'm sure. And especially with like how much, uh, like you said, time these days, I know that uh, you had mentioned a little bit, but what made you want to start your mark? Uh, and like, if you had like any inspirational figures or any kind of deal with that, that went into it. So I am a CPA. Uh, I had my own practice and 
what really drove the success of that practice is uh, was technology. I, I loved QuickBooks. I got obsessed with implementing it. I became a consultant. Then I found Zero, Xero, and I built a whole practice in the cloud on Zero, plugged into all these other apps like Bill.com and Gusto for payroll. And we we would basically be your outsourced accounting department. And that was 10 years ago when not a lot of firms were doing this in the US. Right. And so we grew really rapidly and I was fortunate to get an offer to sell that firm uh, like after just five years. So I sold that firm and then I went to work for a couple of tech companies as a product marketer getting paid to do speaking and webinars and write and create content. Mm-hmm. And I, I really had a lot of fun with that. And that's where I learned how product development works and how you make an app and how you bring an app to market and how you sell an app, and price an app. And so after four years doing that, I set off to do this. So I I got the accounting experience about half of the time and then half was in technology and, and now I'm trying to build my own thing. Um, and I'll tell you, it's hard to build an app. It's the hardest thing I've I think I've ever done from a business standpoint. I mean, services are hard, don't get me wrong. Right. Like serving clients is difficult, but just making an app, you think that things are really simple. I have so much respect now for developers and product managers and anyone that can make something that's easy to use because it is really hard yeah. uh, to do it, to do it right. Like you think it's simple, but it's it's definitely not. Yeah, like I, I have experience from like UX design and like a little bit of coding, but you know, like a lot of the times when you're making things, you're building it more for function, but until you really like put it into practice and get people's eyes on it, that's when you really learn like how applicable things are or like how yeah. accessible things are. Yeah, yeah, you actually have to get it out there and then and test it. And then you think, oh, what I what I thought it was gonna be is not what it really is. And then you have to refine it. And yeah, it's, 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 it's fun but um it's it's definitely difficult and it's hard to find good developers these days you know like finding them here it's very expensive talent is really expensive uh, even more expensive than accounting talent and so i work with uh, a developer who's in pakistan Mm -hmm. and we work completely remotely we've never met in person before Uh, and that's also a challenge it's 12 hour difference in time right we have to be very Mm -hmm. efficient when we meet but uh we make it work and so far, it's it's great because I've been able to bootstrap the entire company that way. I didn't have to take on uh, an investor, an angel at all. I can pay for it myself because of that uh, cost differential. And that's so that's that allows me to control the direction of the product and the company and and do it the right way, not be trying to meet some VCs crazy expectations that are just not realistic a lot of the time. Right. And also on the topic of the programming, like, hey, if it ever becomes a problem, chat GPT is right there. We got the 0.4 coming out in, I don't know, in the next year or so. Yeah. I mean, maybe eventually chat GPT will just be able to write our all of our code for us. I feel like now you still need to know what you're doing. But, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, it's so impressive how quickly it's advancing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was just watching the chat GPT uh, 4 version mm-hmm. 4 announcement. And they ended the broadcast by having the bot do taxes. It did a it did an estimate of like estimated taxes based on a taxpayer situation, and it nailed it. I mean, and this is something that would take a tax professional like a decent amount of time to put into a spreadsheet and figure out, and it did it uh, just by analyzing the tax code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as someone on our team that he likes to call it that 
while it might not like fully replace some things that you can uh that there will be what he likes to call prompt engineers so like just like people yeah. that know how to ask it certain questions or like how to um get get its output what they want yeah it's the same way that i built my entire career honestly on google searches i i didn't major in accounting originally you know i went back to school for it I, I didn't study business or finance and the way I learned everything I know is just by Googling it. And it surprises me how many people still don't know how to do a Google search properly and find the information they're looking for. And yeah, it'll be the same thing with chat GPT and AI. It's going to be, do you know how to ask the right questions? And the problem is in our education system, we don't teach people to ask questions. We teach them to spit out answers that they've been taught. And that's, it's going to be the difference in success is do you know how to ask the right questions right absolutely kind of on the topics that uh, we've listened to a little bit on your cloud accounting podcast with the rising focus of cybersecurity in the past couple of years how are you securing your business processes and are you using any kind of interesting technology with it uh well we use LastPass, which i understand had a security breach recently but i guess i haven't been motivated to try and switch to anything else um you know, luckily with podcasting and CPE, we're not holding on to any confidential information. So I don't have to worry about security the way I did when I was doing accounting. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, that's what we do. Um, and, you know, we're cloud-based, so I don't have to worry about any physical data breaches at an office with servers or anything like that. I use multi-factor, so I, I turn on multi-factor authentication on all of the critical apps that we have. Um, and that's, that's kind of it for us. I'm, right. Am I missing something that I should be doing? I guess like the, the single sign-on, I know uh, some people have been using uh, in terms of for like CPAs. Uh, I know like a lot of them uh, use like virtual desktops, like to make mm -hmm. sure uh, and they have like com more like compliance checks as, yeah. well, as, as what I've heard. Because I know like compliance has become like such a huge deal recently. Like so many people have been talking to us about uh, like the about like the SOC compliance and like as I was talking to you earlier about the the WISP uh, documentation that that's been uh, going uh, pretty crazy and at least like on the sm smaller scale CPAs nowadays. Yeah, I, if 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 I had my virtual firm again, I would definitely have my staff logging into virtual terminals and not allowing them to pull anything down onto their local machines. Or if if you do have them using local machines, those got to be locked down. Like that to me is the biggest risk is is that um yeah and, and it's not i mean it is expensive i i know like it can be you know a hundred dollars or more a person per per month to manage something like that but it's well worth it when it comes to the as you know the risk of a security breach and and yes. the lawsuits and the fines that can result you just you don't want to be dealing with that as a firm owner yeah it's, it seems like, like in a lot of cases that uh, people tend to wait until something becomes a problem or that something like blows up in their face and then they're willing to spend the money. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, it's funny, like uh, the thing I was hearing a lot before the crypto crash was all of these, you know, ransomware attacks, but then those kind of like disappeared when crypto crashed. Yeah. Seems like, or people just stopped talking about them. I don't know. Do you have any insight into that? On the crypto side, I, I'm honest, I, I can't really say much, uh, much on that. Uh, I don't I mainly like follow like the type of like platforms or stuff that use it, but not necessarily about the technology itself. However, right. in terms of like the cybersecurity side that, yeah, like that, that's like, that hasn't stopped in terms of like the phishing emails or the ransomware is still going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah or, or just like nowadays, it seems that 
malware or hackers are just rather than like uh presenting themselves like directly what they'll do is that uh once uh once someone's been fished or like properly that they click the link or whatever that they'll sit in your computer and just like wait they'll learn about like what type of like terminology the person's using even just like uh, a couple of weeks ago that we had someone uh, a prospect that we were speaking to and then they just sent me something with like a OneNote uh document and there's mm -hmm. like uh, like oh please look at this uh this document or whatever and i'm like what the heck and so it turns out that they were hacked but they didn't know it for like for like six weeks or so yeah. so that's kind of like how hackers have been going about it i've heard about that they get into your outlook and then change your filters to automatically hide and forward emails to them and then they'll mm -hmm. reply as if they're you and change account numbers and routing numbers and 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 just really mess up uh all your stuff without you really even knowing you were hacked Right, absolutely, and that's the scariest part. So yeah. that you, you know, like you gotta take the uh, the time to like really train your team nowadays. Like even as cheesy as it is, you know, like they click on a thing and they have to do a training, but like that's what it comes down to. Because the oh no, I love that. I love the uh, the self phishing, right? Where you yeah. fish your own staff, and then if they click on a link, then it forces them to take a training course. Like that yeah. to me, I love I love that because. You're you're training the people who really need it because they're the ones who fell for it. Yeah, yeah, I think every firm every firm should be fishing a ton of staff. Yeah, uh, Scott, the the leader of our team, that he likes to say that the biggest threat to your business walks on two feet. It's true. It's true. People don't think about that. It's your own people, uh, just not protecting the client data. I mean, I I worked this was years ago, right? But I'm sure it still happens. I worked for a CPA. Uh, or he referred me clients and, and I was in his office and he had to look up a social security number for one of his clients and he just pulled up his, you know, Outlook contacts and all of that information was stored unsecured in Outlook and everyone in the office could access every single contact. There was no security oh, really? whatsoever on that data. Yeah. And it worked for him because it was convenient, but it was definitely risky. Well, yeah, like you basically got to get the word out there. Like uh, nowadays it's become like a little bit more commonplace, luckily, uh, that people like re starting to understand like uh, the hovering over, uh, hovering your mouse over the links or things like that, or not immediately opening attachments. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's still it's work to be done. Kind of on that topic, actually, uh, Blake, on work to be done, what's on the agenda for you and Earmark or and or your podcast in the near future? Well, we've started live streaming a lot and I'm really bullish on live streaming as a way to reach prospects um, if you're an accountant, because uh, just not a lot of people are doing it. And so, uh, you know, we're out there on all the social medias. We're out on uh, Instagram. I do Instagram reels now. I just talked to a CPA who built an entire practice only on Instagram. And I, I, you can actually listen to that interview on my Earmark podcast, uh, which we'll put the link to that in the show notes here, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's very exciting. Like, uh, like, you, you know, you can just effectively spin up a zoom meeting and, and stream it to LinkedIn or stream it to, to Twitter and Facebook. Um, that's something that we're experimenting with. We just did a webinar for accountants about the Silicon Valley bank collapse. And we had almost 500 people join the webinar. We had thousands of people watch the streams. And we were the first to do it and we jumped on it. We didn't have to wait to edit a podcast episode. We didn't have to wait to edit an article that would come out. We just got on with a group of accountants and we did the live analysis. So 
think about it this way, like anybody can host their own TV show now. Now it's kind of been adopting that we had like Twitch, uh, uh, mm -hmm. kind of the big one, YouTube's been dipping their toe more into live streaming. Yep. Uh, and that's what it is. Like Twitch started with gamers, right? And it's hugely yeah. popular. People are obsessed with Twitch. And the same thing I think is going to happen with other areas. And it can be nerdy things, niche things like accounting. Uh, you could have streamers who do that. And like, that's, mm -hmm. I, I love that. It's fun. Yeah. So awesome, Blake. It was great talking to you. But before we go, I want you to let us know where can the audience find you and do you possibly have anything to share with them? Oh, yeah. Go to earmarkcpe.com and sign up. You can also download the app directly from the App Store. We are on Apple devices and Android devices. Download the free mobile app and you can start earning continuing professional education for listening to podcasts today. And it works for CPAs. It works for enrolled agents. It works for certified management accountants. Uh, it even works for chartered accountants in other countries, depending on uh, where you are. It works in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, as far as I know. So yes, I'd love to connect with you. Uh, you can also connect with me personally. I'm at Blake T. Oliver on Twitter and find me on all of the social medias. All right. You heard the man. Get educated. Go give him a follow. Go check out his website. I'll be sure to include that, as you mentioned, in the show notes and when this is posted on our social media in a couple of weeks. And uh, pr pretty much all their other excellent content that he has featured uh, on social media as well. So again, Blake Oliver from Earmark and the Cloud Accounting Podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for stopping by and thank you for creating a culture of innovation within your business. And we'll see you all next time. All right. Thanks, Roman. Bye. Hi, Roman here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creating a Culture of Innovation. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, you can apply at caCOI.nerdsupport.com slash podcast. Did you find what we talked about today valuable? Please give it a like and share it on social media. Or if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them and make sure to include the hashtag creating a culture of innovation. We'd love to bring on a diverse group of guests. Since we're regularly putting out new content, subscribe and make sure you don't miss any episodes. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and it mean a lot to me and my team. Want to learn more about nerd support and how we can help you succeed with technology? Visit our website at nerdsupport.com or follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at nerdsupport. Thanks for listening in, and we hope you'll stop by next time.